0: Our gospel for today comes from John, the 20th chapter. In the evening of that same day, the first day of the week, the doors were locked in the room where the disciples were for fear of the temple authorities. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Having said this, the Savior showed them the marks of crucifixion. The disciples were filled with joy when they saw Jesus, who said to them again, Peace be with you. As Abba God sent me, so I am sending you. After saying this, Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you retain anyone's sins, they are retained. It happened that one of the twelve, Thomas, nicknamed Didymus or twin, was absent when Jesus came. The other disciples kept telling him, We've seen Jesus. Thomas' answer was, I'll never believe it without putting my finger in the nail marks and my hand into the spear wound. On the eighth day, the disciples were once more locked in the room, and this time Thomas was with them. Despite the locked doors, Jesus came and stood before them, saying, Peace be with you. Then to Thomas, Jesus said, Take your finger and examine my hands. Put your hands into my side. Don't persist in your unbelief, but believe. Thomas said in response, my Savior and my God. Jesus then said, you've become a believer because you saw me. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs as well, signs not recorded here in the presence of the disciples. But these have been recorded to help you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the only begotten, so that by believing you may have life in Jesus' name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God, our creator, and our risen Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. One day, Moses, Jesus, and an old man were playing golf. They got to a water hole and Moses was up to tee off first so he took his shot and it landed squarely in the water. But Moses parted the water, took another shot, and it landed next to the cup. Jesus was up next and his shot ended up close to the same place. But Jesus walked out onto the water and took another shot. He landed even closer to the cup. Then the old man stepped up and took his shot. He also landed in almost the exact same spot in the middle of the water but a frog came by and picked up the ball. It started to hop away when an eagle came swooping down on it, carrying it over the green. As it flew over, the frog dropped the ball. The ball rolled into the hole for a perfect hole in one. Moses then turned to Jesus and said, I hate playing golf with your dad. How do we know that God exists in the world today? How do we know that Christ was truly risen? We don't have the privilege of seeing Moses part the Red Sea or Jesus walking on water or playing golf with God. What evidence do we have that this Jesus fellow that we keep worshiping really did make a difference in our world and still does? Last Sunday was one of the most beautiful, powerful, and ancient celebrations that the Christian church celebrates every year, Easter Sunday, the day when we sing and praise God with hallelujahs because Jesus has risen from the dead and have triumphed over sin and death, promising us a new and eternal life. But how do we know that this really happened? I mean, a man being raised from the dead? That's just as difficult to believe as an old guy getting a hole in one with the help of a frog and an eagle. And even if that did happen, even if Jesus was raised from the dead, so what? What difference does it really make whether we believe it or not? There's obviously still war all around the world, not just in Ukraine. People are still starving and dying from diseases. There's still murder and violence abuse, pain, and suffering. In fact, NBC News reported just this past Friday that for the first time, guns were the leading cause of death in children and teens in 2020. So what exactly did Jesus' death and resurrection do? Sometimes it feels like things are getting worse, not better. If you too are looking for evidence to support your faith in Christ, join the club. I've been in the club before and I continue to visit from time to time, as I'm sure many others have, including our friend Thomas in today's Gospel. Now, Thomas oftentimes gets a bad rap. In fact, you've probably heard him referred to as Doubting Thomas in the past. But in reality, Thomas just wants the same proof that the others got. Again, believing that someone has been risen from the dead is no easy thing to swallow. How many of our loved ones have come back from the dead? At this point in our Gospel story, Jesus has appeared to the women who then told the disciples that Jesus was alive and none of the disciples believed their story. Yeah, don't get me started on that one. So then Jesus appeared to the disciples behind locked doors, greeting them with a message of peace, blessing them with the Holy Spirit, giving them the proof they needed to believe. And for whatever reason, Thomas just wasn't there at the time Jesus appeared. Maybe it was his turn to go out and buy food for everyone. Maybe he needed to visit someone or help some folks in need. Maybe he just needed to take a walk and clear his head after everything that had happened. And when he returned and learned that Jesus had visited and that he missed it, maybe he felt, out, felt left out. I know I would. Maybe he felt hurt that he didn't get to see Jesus like the rest of them. He simply wants the same proof that everyone else got. And this is where the most wonderful and miraculous part of the story occurs. Jesus comes back and reveals himself to Thomas as well, also greeting him along with the rest with that beautiful message of peace. Jesus didn't have to do that. But Jesus does because Jesus loves Thomas just as much as the other disciples. In fact, you know what I think? I think Jesus purposely appeared to the disciples for the first time without one of them there, so that Jesus had the opportunity to return and show how much God cares for all of God's children, each and every one. God will never leave anyone behind. And God will always come to us, especially in our struggles, and will bring us a message of peace and empower us to go on and help us believe in the goodness, faithfulness, and love of God. It is now the year 2022. Many generations have gone by and have wondered why Jesus hasn't returned as he promised, to permanently end the pain and suffering of the world. And while we don't know why, we do see the acts of God and the power of Jesus' life and resurrection still among us today. We see it through the miracle of birth. We see it through the miracles of science and technology that have worked to prevent death and provide healing for so many, most recently in the form of vaccines. We see it in loving embraces and smiles in hands held out in service toward others in the midst of this sometimes overwhelming and chaotic world. And we feel Jesus' presence among us whenever we experience an overwhelming sense of joy and peace through the beauty of art or creation, the laughter of children, a good game of golf with friends or whatever you might enjoy doing in your spare time, through the comfort of prayer, and the love and hope we receive whenever we worship together as a community in Christ, sharing in a life-giving meal that Christ gave us as a tangible reminder that God is always with us and continues to come to us again and again with a greeting of peace. I pray that the joy and hope you experience both in this place and out in the world will remind you of the ever-present and life-giving love and promises of the risen Christ, who was and is and is yet to come. Amen.